Hey there, welcome to The Balanced Mompreneur, a podcast designed to help you grow in business, faith, and motherhood. I'm Cherie Sauer, boy mom, faith-based mompreneur coach, and owner of Heartfelt Mamas. Each week, I will be interviewing faith-filled mompreneurs and giving you tips and tricks to help you grow a profitable, sustainable business without burnout and without sacrificing your family. Let's get started. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here um, today with Michelle Vroom of Vroom Communications. Michelle is a business coach and a marketing strategist. Um, I know that she's also a boy mom. So I'm going to let her uh, introduce herself, but I just wanted to let you guys know kind of where we're going with this interview today. Um, I'm going to be diving in with Michelle on how she grew her business Uh, how she made it to six figures, her first 10K month, how she got there. And now she is scaling up toward seven figures. And obviously she's a mom. um, And so I'm excited to dive into all of this. We're going to get into the ins and outs of what do you do with your kids and what is the marketing strategy used and all of that. So uh, Michelle will be our first uh, mompreneur success story. So I'm super excited to have her on tonight. I've been listening to some of her podcast episodes and just kind of following a little bit on Instagram. And I know that she is a wealth of knowledge. I know you guys are going to get so much out of this interview. So Michelle, welcome to the Balanced Mompreneur podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, tell us about you, who you are, all that good stuff. Yes. Thank you for having me. I'm so pumped for this conversation. Um, like you mentioned, I am a business coach. I specialize in helping talented women, many of them moms, um, get to their first 10 K month using their Facebook group. So, um, Facebook groups are my jam. I'm all about creating a community online. That's part of how I've had the freedom that I have now in my business as a mom running a multiple six figure business. Um, I started my business five and a half years ago when my oldest son was six months old, because why not, right? You have a new baby, (laughs) start a business. That's not chaotic at all. Um, And so I, I really just realized that I wanted more when my son was born. You know, I didn't want to have to commute in and out of the city. I didn't want to have to, you know, work my corporate job. Like I still wanted a career, but I wanted more. And I know that many moms can relate to that. And so that's what's, what kind of sparked things for me. I had a lot of opportunities come my way while I was on maternity leave, um, opportunities from, you know, friends, uh, family, like people in my, my close circle. And I realized, you know what, like there are enough opportunities here that I could start my own business. And it became one of those things where I had to ask myself, like, do you want to pass up this opportunity now? And will you, will you look back with regret if you do that? And so I got enough opportunities to be able to leave my nine to five, my corporate job. Um, I think I returned like two months after maternity leave. And then I left, (laughs) I took that leap of faith. Um, it was scary. I, at the time prior to starting my business was the primary breadwinner, um, you know, had this corporate job that was really nice, really cushy. And so it was a big financial sacrifice for our family, but I can honestly say that my business has provided things that I never would have dreamt for or dreamt of. Um, I've added two children to the mix since then, and my business has continued to grow and it's been a journey. It's been an amazing journey. Um, not one without its challenges for sure, but it was one of the best decisions that I've ever made. Mm, that's awesome. How old are your kids? 
So my oldest, um, just turned six. I have three boys. Um, my oldest just turned six. My, um, middle is four and a half and my youngest is 18 months old. So I had my youngest, um, in May of 2020, um, you know, in the midst of a global <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I have As talked to do. so many people <laughs> that have had babies in the middle of that. And oh gosh, I can't even imagine. Like, I feel like motherhood sometimes is already so isolating. Um, and if you're an entrepreneur, you know, a solopreneur, that can be really isolating too. So I can't imagine. Um, mm-hmm. it was, it was <laughs> something, I mean, fortunately it was our third child. So, you know, I think had I been a first time mom, like it would have been even more challenging. Um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting. Every, every child that has entered my family has been interesting in some form because my business changed substantially from my first to my middle. So when I had my middle child, like my business was different and then my business changed obviously from the middle to the youngest. And so every single time it's just been like a new phase of business at the same time that I'm going through a new like transition and phase of life in the family too. Oh man. And that, that's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. It is a lot. Nothing can prepare you for that. You know? No, no, not at all. What, um, I want to dive into kind of the, um, the differences there. I'm kind of curious to learn more about that, but what is your background marketing? What was your corporate background? Marketing and public relations. So okay. 15 plus years, um, in corporate in agency nonprofit, I kind of did it all. And I always wanted to be an entrepreneur but I told myself, well, you'll get that opportunity when you're like in your fifties and the kids are out of the house. I'm so glad I didn't pay attention to that because <laughs> I would still not be doing it if that were my original timeline. So I always had the dream. Like I come from a family of entrepreneurs, but I told myself that it wouldn't be until much later in life that I would be able to pursue it. Mm, that's really fascinating. But then having a child, um, changed everything. Yep. Yeah. Yep changed everything. I wanted something different. And, uh, he, he, he was my reason for starting my business, but then obviously it became so much bigger than, than just my children. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find it, are you more fulfilled by being an entrepreneur versus, um, the corporate job? I am. I am. It's more challenging in some ways, but I am way more fulfilled. The women that I get to serve, the impact that I get to make, the lifestyle that I get to have. Um, I don't know sometimes if I even have as much gratitude for it as I should, like I'm grateful for it, but sometimes I'm like, man, do you even fully realize like what you have? Right. Cause as women and moms, we're so used to just kind of going on to the next thing. And I yeah. think we have a hard time celebrating ourselves and like looking at how far we've come. And that's something that I've really been trying to practice even more of recently. Mm, yeah. Gratitude is, is huge. Um, what are some of the challenges that you feel like come with being an entrepreneur versus a corporate job? It's really hard to turn your brain off, you know, um, <laughs> in my corporate job, like I would get on, like I, so I live about, um, 30 minutes North of Philadelphia. And so in my corporate job, I would get on the train, go down into the city, go to work, get on the train again, come home. And the train ride was almost like my transition to be able to like leave work at home and then come in the house and boom, you're done. It's not so easy when you're an entrepreneur, it's really hard to turn your brain off. The buck stops with you. So you are the ultimate decision maker. And I think when we are in a stage of life as moms, where we are making so many decisions, decisions for our kids, decisions for the family, 
than decisions for your business. Like that's hard, right? There, there's almost like this decision fatigue that I think comes (laughs) with being an entrepreneur. Right. And, and I didn't have that with corporate. I didn't have that with my corporate job. And so I think just knowing that like, I'm responsible for all these things. And now, you know, in my business, having a team, I have two full-time employees, like I'm responsible for them too. Like there's just a lot of responsibility. And I think that it adds more pressure too in a time when we already feel pressure of raising a family. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, and I don't know about you, do you, um, do you put your kids in and this maybe has changed with the seasons of your business, but do you work from home with your kids or do you have childcare and specific like work time, you know, without your kids? I always had some form of childcare. When I started my business, my mom, um, who lives locally, thank God, uh, took two days a week, took my oldest two days a week. So I, I, that's what I had, right? Like two days a week, she would watch him and I would get the chance to do the work that I needed to do. So I've been fortunate to always have some form of childcare. Um, my boys are really active. I, I have a hard time being able to do stuff when they're, you know, in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, that obviously has evolved as, you know, I've added more children and as you know, my, my older two are in school now. Right. So now it's to the point where I have a babysitter, um, for my youngest, she caught like the, the previous babysitter we're in between babysitters right now. We're transitioning as we speak. Um, the previous babysitter came three days a week. Um, the new one who's starting in the new year will be coming four days a week. And so I've definitely, um, had to kind of reevaluate, I think every single year, what childcare looks like, um, especially as the boys, the older two boys go to school And I think that's normal. Like, I think you always have to evaluate what your needs are. What are the needs of my business? What are the needs of my family? What makes sense in the season and kind of be open to every season looking different. I think that's the biggest thing that I've had to adopt. Yeah. I think that's such a good point is being okay with the seasons changing and yes, they're changing all the time right now. I mean, when you have kids at the ages that mine are at, I'm I'm sure other moms with young kids can feel me on that. But even if your kids are teenagers or older, right, there's always a new stage. There's always a new season, especially if you have multiple children. So it's like, I've got two, you know, school age kids, but then I still have an 18 month old at home. Right. So like every season is different and every kid is different. And I think that's where there's a lot of challenges, right? And how do you manage that? And at the same time, give your business what it needs. Yeah. And it's interesting because, um, one of the things that I find with the moms that I work with is the, is one of the biggest challenges for them is, is helping them to overcome the guilt of, of hiring a babysitter or childcare to work on their business or whatever that looks like. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I felt that, you know, there's that guilt that ensues. Um, okay. So you felt that as well. So I feel guilt a lot. Yeah. I still do. I don't think that changes by the way. I still (laughs) feel, I still feel guilt sometimes. I actually feel felt guilt recently over hiring the new babysitter for four days a week and being like, Oh no, like I'm going to be away more. Like, am I, am I hurting my 18 month old? He's not going to get as much time with me or the same amount of, or, or or the time that I spend with him. I should say it this way. The time that I spend with him is not going to look the same as it did with the other two. Well, that's also just being a parent of three. Right. And so I have a lot of guilt about that, that I've had to really, I'm going to say let go of, but just because you let go of it, doesn't mean it doesn't come back up again. Right. Mm -hmm. Like you still have to work through that. And I think for me, what's helped is looking at what I'm building 
and looking at how my business benefits the family, because it does, Mm -hmm. we have so many things that we would not be able to have if it were not for my business. I'm happy to share more details about what those things are, but I think looking at the overall benefit of, of me having focused time to build my business, like what the business can do for the family, but then having that focused time to build my business actually makes me a better, more present mother. And I think that's also the challenge, right? That moms face when you are running a business is it's hard to turn your brain off, which means it can be really challenging to be fully present with your kids. And I think we need to admit that because I know a lot of moms who have guilt about that too. Yeah, 100%. And a lot of the moms I work with, I call them mompreneurs because they are working from home with their kids, right? And right. so there's, there's right. no, yep. there's no like set boundaries. It kind of all yep. just like meshes together. And then yep. there's frustration when, you know, the kids are trying to ask a question when they're in the middle of, you know, trying to work on something. And I think there's this, um, you know, social media hasn't, you know, we see the kids sitting on, you know, the mom's lap while she's on her laptop and people <laughs> have built, built successful blogs, but that doesn't mean that, that they were, always present. Right. I think, and I think a lot of what I see with mompreneurs, especially is they start to get burnt out because there is no boundaries, right? There's no focus time to work. And so, um, for you, it sounds like you right out of the gates, you knew, like, I need this focus time to work and I can't have my kids around while I'm also working. I did. Um, but I will also say like it, just because I had that focus time, doesn't mean that my business always fit neatly within that focus time. Like there have been times where I've had to juggle things or, you know, let my kids have a little more TV time than I would like. I will admit that. (laughs) Um, you know, even, even looking at how my business started, I mean, opportunities started coming my way during maternity leave with my oldest, like I didn't even really have a maternity leave because I was busy lining up opportunities to be able to start my business. So, I mean, you do what you have to do. I think you also do what you want to do. Right. And so if you want to work, like you can let yourself feel guilty about that and make yourself wrong for that, or you can just embrace that part of you and look at how you can give yourself that space while still supporting the family. And you can't do that alone. Like Every single season of my family, you know, my husband, my husband and I will sit down and say, okay, like, what's the schedule look like? What do we need to accommodate for now having two kids in full-time school? Like, how do we manage that? Who does pickup? Who does drop off? Like there are still things that we have to focus on as a family and I need his help with that. Right. Like I can't do it by myself. And I think it's important to say that as well. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Ask for help. <laughs> I mean, you have to, you have to like, you know, we're super mom and we're supposed to be able to do it all. And it's like, that's not true. Super uh, moms ask for help. That's, <laughs> yes. that's the definition of a super mom. Oh, I, I think love that. The, defi- the definition. Yes. I love that. There needs to be a meme that says that super moms yep. ask for help. There probably is. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, oh, so good, Michelle. Uh, okay. I want to dive in. So how long did it take you kind of walk us through like your entrepreneurial journey. I know I saw in there, like it took you hiring a coach in order to get to that first 10 K month. Cause there were some mindset blocks kind of oh, walk yeah. us through like the start of your business. It sounds like you had opportunities right away, but then, you know, were there some struggles where you were having a hard time getting clients kind of walk us through that journey. Oh yeah. So I, um, started my business, was able to get clients, you know, kind of right away through connections that I had. And then a year into business, I actually lost three clients, which at the time was about 90% of my revenue. 
lost three clients in one day. And the kicker is that I lost them two months before I was due to give birth to my second child. Oh my God. So it's not. And at the time I was doing retainer full service work. I wasn't doing coaching, which I'm doing now. So I couldn't just like, you know, pick up and get a new retainer client because I was about to go on maternity leave. Right. And it was all like the reason I lost those clients was all for reasons I couldn't control. Like budget issues, my direct contact quit, like random stuff, right? Somebody who decided not to move forward, like things that I couldn't have anticipated, but it didn't mean that it wasn't scary. And so that was a big turning point for me in my business on multiple levels. Number one, I think it really kind of, you know, led me to making a decision to go all in on my business, which I don't know if I fully was until that moment, because I literally sat there and thought I could quit right now. I could quit right now and it would be perfectly like acceptable to quit. Right. And so I had to ask myself, like, am I willing to do that? Or am I going to move forward with this? Am I going to do this thing? And I'll ultimately, obviously that's what I decided to do. Now, after having my middle child, um, I really struggled with time management, with clients, with undercharging and having too many clients and kind of had a lot of issues about that. And so that's when I hired my coach. So this was about a year and a half into business. Um, it's the coach that I'm still with today. And um, she really helped me like work through what I wanted to do in my business, which was move more into coaching, but then also help me work through some fears that I had primarily fear of success. Like I was afraid that if I got clients, I wouldn't be able to deliver, or I wouldn't be able to juggle or handle all of the things that were required of me. And so her helping me kind of work through that and look for evidence to support that I can handle it, that I am doing a good job. Right. And kind of like reframing all that. That's what ultimately led to me having my first 10 K month, which was about six months after working with her. So about two years into business was when I had my first 10 K month. And I say that, and like, give the time context. Because I also think that there's this, um, you know, kind of picture being portrayed online of like, it needs to happen immediately, or it needs to happen overnight. Right. And people thinking there's something wrong with them. If it takes a little bit longer, it took me two years to have my first 10 K month. It took me like three and a half to make six figures. I mean, I just want to be really clear about that. I'm not saying that you have to be, you know, held to the same timeline, but I also think it's really important to share that it was not an overnight process. And there are a lot of stuff that, you know, a lot of things that I have to work through a lot of beliefs and, and things that I still have to work through. Um, but I do think that that like loss of three clients in one day was a big turning point for me. It's what made me decide to really embrace my business. And then that's what ultimately led to me getting a coach and then working toward that 10 K month. And then of course, ultimately six figures. Mm, I love that you, um, I, I just love your honesty in that because there is, I think, I think there is this portrayal on, you know, just through social media of, of how quickly it can go. And, you know, you, you, it's like, oh, I had a six figure launch or whatever it is. And it's like, well, six figure launch doesn't equate to a six figure business or even a six figure income. Uh, there's a lot of expenses that can go into that. And so, um, I just, I just love your honesty with that. I'm really curious with the first 10 K months. So you said that there were obviously some mindset blocks in some, um, things and, and that you had to come over there, but what, what did you do in your business? Like, what did you do differently? Was it just the mindset or did you do something differently? And it sounds like you transitioned to coaching and away from marketing 
having like marketing clients. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. I definitely was the mindset for sure, but I also, um, went all in on one offer, which was my, my high ticket one-on-one coaching. Like I went to the path of least resistance, which was getting fewer clients to close that gap. And I actually only needed two clients to end up having a 10 K sales month. I say sales month because it wasn't a 10 K cash month, but cash sales, who cares? A 10 K month is a 10 K month. And so for me, it involved like really being focused in a way that I wasn't before and just showing up and talking about that offer to, you know, work my network and, and talk to people about what I do as a coach. Like that was something that I just wasn't fully embracing. And so it was a mix of, you know, really being okay with like first, I guess, acknowledging the fear of success, but then being okay with getting clients and recognizing that I can figure it out and I can trust myself to figure it out. Um, she also helped me overcome, she being my coach, um, a lot of beliefs about like, I need to have a big audience or I haven't sold enough of my offers and like, kind of just helped me see like, who's, who says, right. Who says that you have to do all of those things in order to have a 10 K month. And so she really challenged me to keep things simple. And I think from like a strategic action, taking side, simplicity is the biggest thing that's missing from marketing, especially for mompreneurs. Um, they are making their marketing so complicated. They are making their path to getting clients so complicated. I always preach about the power of one be meaning like you only need one ideal client, one offer, one message, one platform to get to a 10 K month. And if you make it any more complicated than that, then you are already complicating things on top of a very complicated stage of life of raising kids. And so I think it was a mix for me of getting to that 10 K month was really allowing it to be simple and easy. And then also working through, um, all of the reasons why I thought I couldn't do it, because if you have all the reasons why you think you can't do something like your brain will confirm that every single time. And so what also has to shift is your beliefs about what's possible. And I think for many moms, they believe like, and this was also a belief of mine. Um, they believe that because they, you know, don't have as many hours or, you know, they've got the kids home with them. Like that means they can't do certain things. I mean, I literally told that same coach, by the way, six months after having a 10 K month, I told her that I couldn't have a six figure year in 2019 because I work two and a half days a week. I was like, because I'm home with the kids two and a half days out of the week, I can't have a six figure year. Like I'll settle for 50 K. I literally said that to her. And thank God she challenged me on that because I had existing beliefs about what was possible. And I know that there are so many moms out there who do. Yes. Yeah. And I think, so this is one of the conversations I have a lot in, um, like discovery calls and stuff is, you know, when I ask, what is your ideal income? They'll say six figures. Right. But then when you dive in, it's like, oh, well, I'm afraid that. I won't be able to do it. I'm afraid that my family is going to take a back seat. And I'm like, you don't, you don't have to work 70 hours a week in order to get there. It's about what you're doing in your life and simplifying your life and your business. Like you just pointed out. And so I love that you're talking about this because you are proof that you can do it. Um, and so I just want all of you moms listening to this, like Michelle is a successful, she has grown a successful business. She has gotten to six figures and she was able to do it in a way that worked for her and her family. 
So whether, whether you want to work 40 hours a week or you only want to work 20 hours a week, it's doable, right, Michelle? Um, yes. And I just think that's such, and this is why I wanted to do these mompreneur success stories because I want people to hear it takes time, right? It takes consistency mm -hmm. and your week does not have to look like another person's week. And trying to keep up with what somebody else is doing is not fair, especially if you are trying to work from home with kids. And even if you are, we talked about, you know, Michelle had childcare right out of the gates. I 100% believe you need focus time. That doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have childcare. Like no, it doesn't. With my kids yep. and there's, there are ways to say, Hey, this is my work time. Doesn't mean they're not going to interrupt, but it's possible and it's doable. And I think that there's this, this perception that in order to get to six figures, you, your family's going to take a backseat. And I'm so passionate about helping moms understand that that does not have to be the case. And so I, I'm loving this conversation so much. Michelle. Well, and, and can I add something else to that? Like again, yeah. full, full honesty and transparency here at the time that we're talking, I'm in between babysitters. So for the month of December, I've had to adjust my schedule because I don't have childcare for my 18 month old. And I'm a multiple six figure business owner. Like this doesn't stop once you hit six figures, by the way. And so <laughs> what did I do? I sat down with my husband, like figured out how he could help if at all worked out a schedule. Some of it's going to involve doing a little bit of work after hours, which I typically don't do anymore, but will make an exception and be flexible given this month. Right. It's also, you know, holiday timeframe. And I moved around my existing one-on-one -on -one clients and my group coaching calls to be during nap time. And I either canceled or moved a bunch of things that didn't need to be done. And I'm making it work, right? Like I want to be really clear about that. I'm making it work. And I think that there are always solutions. Like what worked well for me may not work well for someone else, but there's mm -hmm. always a solution. If you're willing to find it, I think the most dangerous thing that a mompreneur can do is say like, I can't, right. I can't or there are no options, like anything along those lines, that that's, what's really dangerous because then you're shutting yourself off to some creative solutions that could work really well for you and your family. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes when we're forced into, um, you know, like you, like you're, it's like, okay, my child care is gone. It, yep. it forces you to look at like, okay, what can I cut back on? Yes. Right? What, are, yes. what are the things that I may be doing that I don't have to be doing, whether that's laundry or dishes <laughs> or yep. whether, you know, outsourcing to your kids or paying somebody to make meals yep. or whatever it is. And I think it, it helps you to take a look at, okay, like what are the things that I can cut out that I don't necessarily need to be doing so that I can, you know, whether that's in your business or life. And so, um, Michelle, are there things that you outsource in your business and, or your life that helps you to, uh, work part-time and, and make the income that you do? Yes. So for business, I have two full-time employees they didn't start out that way, right? As business grew, they got more hours until they became full-time. Um, I have, you know, one of my team members handles all of my, you know, marketing and scheduling and, and all of that stuff for my Facebook group, like scheduling content. Um, she handles my schedule and going through my emails and like sorting things like that. Um, I have another team member who handles, um, client success. So making sure that my clients are taken care of and handling things, um, kind of on the back end related to that, as well as some marketing as well. So 
you know, the two of them are massive helps for me. Um, you know, I would not be able to do what I do without them. Um, on the like other business things that I outsource, I guess I'll, I'll finish that thought. Um, podcast. I have somebody who edits my podcast. Um, my, my, one of my team members does my show notes for me. I have a bookkeeper. Um, I obviously have a coach, someone who, even though that's not necessarily outsourcing things to her, like she helps me become even more efficient and put systems in place, um, that help me run more efficiently. So we have a lot of like backend systems, um, like Thrivecart and ClickUp and things that we use that help us, you know, like just do different admin related tasks for the business. Now I want to be clear. I didn't start out doing that stuff. I worked my way up to it. Um, and so, you know, for some of your listeners, like they might not be at a place to do that, but I want to just kind of give the full breadth of what I do outsource. And the fact that it's like it all, it all, it starts with is just one small thing, right? If you can just outsource one small thing in your business, then it's going to lead to more things. It's going to lead to more growth. Um, on the personal front, you know, I have a house cleaner, right? I have somebody who comes, um, to clean my home. I, you know, whenever possible, we'll order groceries, right? I've got the, the babysitter, um, the, the new babysitter that is starting in the new year. Um, I definitely have a lot of people who support me. My husband is very supportive in terms of the things that he'll do. Like we had a conversation, um, as the kids headed back to school, like it was rough this school year, um, with, you know, two older kids going back to school and having to drive them around and like deal with all of that. And so, my husband and I talked about it and because he's the better cook, like he cooks our dinners. And I had a lot of thoughts and emotions about that. Like as a mom, I should be doing it all right. I should be, you know, cleaning. I should be, um, you know, cooking all the meals. Like we're not in our traditional, traditional roles. Like those were the things that I actually thought. And that was recent. And I, I, I don't mind sharing that because I, I can't imagine I'm alone in that. And so I had to really sort of like get over myself and recognize that, um, he's perfectly capable of cooking dinners and, and he wants to, like, he knows that that's the way to support me. Um, it's one of the ways to support me. It gives me more time to focus on the kids when they get home from school. Like it's so much better for our family. And we've been through this a lot. Like my husband also has a very non-traditional job where last year he worked a lot of like late nights. And so we are just so used to now in every season of life being like, okay, what's the schedule, what needs to be done, who should do what, and kind of delegating it that way. So that's sort of a, a, a overview, I guess I'll say of how I delegate and what I delegate both on the professional front and the personal front. And there are still more things that I could delegate that I'm not even mentioning. Right. And it's a process. It's just an ever evolving ongoing process. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, one of the biggest things that I hear is, well, especially when, like if it's in a business, well, that's going to take money out of my pocket. And it's like, no, but like, if this thing you are not great at, it's not in your strengths and it's sucking your time and your energy that is stealing time and energy away from the things that you are really good at. And so like, even if it yes. costs money or, and that's the thing too, is like, you don't even always have to pay money to outsource there. Are so no, you don't, you really don't. Um, and so it's just that like mindset shift. And like you just said, like the emotions of, I should be the one cooking dinner. I totally went through that too. Like one of my memories is my coming home when on my mom's day off, she worked full time 
but she would make homemade spaghetti. And I remember walking the door and being like, oh yes, mom's day off, like homemade spaghetti. And I hate cooking. It's it's like, I, I absolutely hate it. It drains my energy. I, I just hate it <laughs> and I loathe it. And I had a lot of guilt around that of like, there was this association of, I had this really great memory of my mom cooking. So I should too, and I should provide that experience for my kids. And it, it, it seems so silly, but it was like, that was a mindset block I had to overcome. Totally. Like it's okay totally. for me to, you know, buy prepared food or have it delivered or allow my husband to cook and let go of control. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I also think too, like, I just want to emphasize something you said, because I wish that somebody had said it to me sooner. Like your, the value of your time is massive. It is, it is so much more massive than you realize. And so for every hour that you, you know, are doing something that, that is not your part of your strengths or that you are, you know, trying to figure out how to do something like that is time and money that you are wasting. You are actually wasting more money doing that than if you just, invested, right? And you, you don't always have to invest, but you can also start small when it comes to investing too. And I just really wish that somebody would have told me that much, much earlier in my journey, because I think it would have saved me the stress of trying to focus all my time and energy and resources on the things that I wasn't good at versus the things that I am. Mm, So good. What is one of the first things that you remember outsourcing or you remember thinking like, oh my gosh, if I can get this off my plate, this will be like the one thing I'm going to get rid of. (laughs) I think it was probably like, oh gosh, it's funny because the very first thing I outsourced, I didn't even need to buy. Um, it was, I purchased 17 hats. So it's like a project management system. And I'm like, I didn't, I wasn't even ready for it at the time. So I kind of laugh about that, but I think the very first thing that I probably outsourced was my very first VA, like very, very first VA. And I remember feeling really like scared to hire that person for sure, but also like that bubble of excitement, like, Ooh, I wonder what's possible if I have this person come in. And I think I had her like maybe five hours a month. Right. That's why I'm saying you can totally start small, but, um, you know, I remember thinking to myself, like, gosh, if I have her come in, and take some of these things off my plate, like scheduling social content, what else is possible for me? Like that's that, that thought was the driving force that kept me investing even when it was scary. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And was it, um, like, was it a kind of a financial hit for you of like, oh my gosh, this is like going to significantly change our family income or was it there? No, no, it really wasn't because what, what, what was significant in changing our family's income was me going into business in the first place. So, (laughs) So to be honest, like we got through that and then it was more so about, okay, well, what will like, like you did this, right? Like we already took the financial hit in the sense of you started your own business. How can you make it flourish? Right? Like if you're going to go all in on this thing, and you already made that decision, like, let's go all in on it. Mm, I love it. Love it. Love it. Um, okay. Take us into kind of the specifics of how you grew to six figures. I know that, um, you do all your marketing through a Facebook group. Is that correct? I do most of it. Yep. Okay. So I'd love to kind of just hear some of the ins and outs of, um, and when you had your marketing clients, did you also have a Facebook group or was, did you know, no, no. I didn't start the Facebook group until, um, gosh, when did I start it two years into business? So I did not, yeah, I did not start out with the Facebook group. 
Okay, so take us into, well, actually, I, I wanted to ask a question too that I forgot about. What made you want to go from marketing to coaching? I think there was a couple of things. Number one, like I was seeing that doing all the work for my clients just wasn't a sustainable business model for me, especially as a mom. Like that was just a personal kind of thing, right? That came up for me. Um, the second thing was me really wanting to like shift who my audience was and go all in on serving other female business owners. And I was noticing just from talking to them and like doing research that they didn't necessarily need me to come in and do everything for them. They just needed a coach, right? They needed a partner, somebody to give them guidance and support. And so it was more so, I think, I think it arose out of two things. Number one, the direction that I was heading in naturally. And then number two, what I was seeing in, in the market, right? Like the needs that I was, that I was seeing among my audience. I think it was a combination of the two that led to me moving into coaching. And it's funny because at the time, like, I don't even know that I called it coaching. Like, I think in my mind, you know, I was just thinking, well, I'll just do the work with them. Right. Like I wasn't even formally labeling it as coaching. I think the coaching industry has evolved a ton in the last five and a half years. Yeah. Oh, fascinating. It's interesting. Cause I've heard, I've talked to a lot of people and actually I had a client who, um, she actually had a six figure marketing business. Um, I interviewed her on, on the podcast actually. And we, and we kind of talk about that transition for her and she was doing things that she was really good at, but not that were fulfilling for her. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, that, that transition from doing the things that you're good at into like your zone of genius or what, like you really love. Right. Um, and so I was just curious if it was similar Yes. For I would say yes. I mean, I love marketing, but I would say I'm so much more fulfilled by the coaching now because at the time that I was doing full service, like I was doing all sorts of stuff, stuff that I would never like have dreamt of doing right. just to be able to make money. And yeah. so shifting into coaching also required me to get really clear on what I was good at and what I wanted to do, which is obviously what led to six figures. Mm, I love that. So good. Okay. So take us into kind of your Facebook group. I don't know what you're willing to share in that, but that's, that's kind of the lifeblood of your business. It sounds like, and is that what you teach other women to do as well as to yes. market their business through a Facebook group? Okay. So kind of take I us through that. How did that lead to a success? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the story I mentioned about losing the three clients in one day was kind of the starting point for that because it was when I realized, wow, I am really reliant on my clients. Like if a client leaves, I didn't have a system for how to, you know, fill that client mm -hmm. spot. Um, I'm also really reliant on just referrals and referrals are great, but they were inconsistent. And so I wanted more consistency. And that is what led to me starting the Facebook group. Now, what's funny is that I started the Facebook group sort of out of like necessity because I was going to run a free challenge and I needed a place to house the videos. And so I created a Facebook group. I was going to close the group down after the challenge. Thank goodness I didn't. Oh, um, I actually kept it open and I realized that, you know what, like there are a lot of ways to connect with my ideal client. Like we are so fortunate to live in a world where there are so many opportunities to connect with, with our ideal clients. And I am a relationship oriented person. 
That's how I am. I'm a, I'm a big talker. I love chatting with people. And so that just made a Facebook group make even more sense for me. Cause it was something that would give me the freedom to be able to build relationships the way that I wanted to build them. And so I left the group open. Um, it's been three and a half years that I've had the group open. Cause I started it in April of 2018. So three and a half years and it has grown to over 6,300 women. It is hands down the number one source of clients and revenue in my business. I've actually over that last three and a half years made over 500 K from the Facebook group. It's something that I'm just really passionate about and I'm really good at. And it was something that I had a hard time leaning into. Like it wasn't until recently. And when I say recently, I mean the last six months that I decided to go all in on helping women get to a 10 K month from their Facebook group. There are a lot of ways to get there. And this is how I want to teach it. Right. I believe that if you're on Facebook, you need a Facebook group. Cause that's where Facebook is going. That's where they've been going. Um, and so really leaning into like what I'm good at and not, you know, letting fear kind of talk me out of it. Um, you know, that's something that, that I'm, I'm embracing even now. And so this Facebook group, just having a place where I can build relationships with hundreds of people at once, like that is what led to me moving away from just relying on, on inconsistent referrals to having a consistent lead generation tool, um, to having clients come to me whenever I want them to, right? Like I don't worry about where my next client will come from. And to me, that's true freedom and security in business. I mean, I remember it was actually a year after I started the Facebook group. I remember a client who had only been working with me for 30 days, canceled our contract. It was a whole thing. Um, I won't get into it here, but I was so like upset right after it happened. And I remember talking with my coach about it and her saying like, there are more clients out there where that came from. And I think I knew that logically, but there was a part of me that had that question in mind. The very next day I filled that client spot with somebody from my Facebook group. And I share that as an example, because again, that's where real freedom and security comes from. And for mompreneurs, like we need that, right? We can't be spending our time worrying about where we're going to find clients. And so that's, that's the beauty of this Facebook group. And even more than the clients and money, because it's not really about that. Like those things are nice, but it's about the impact that it allows me to have. It's about the you know, greater purpose that I have in my business now. And it's also about the relationships. I've met so many incredible women. And so I think for me, like the Facebook group has worked really well. I'm not saying that everybody has to have a Facebook group to have a 10 K month, but you do need some kind of a system to market yourself, right? You do need to be able to, you know, bring in that steady flow of clients and you've got to figure out like, how do you want to do that? What does that look like for you? What does it look like for your personality and how you want to show up? Because it does get to be simple, right? And because I focused on one platform, I focused on Facebook group when everybody was telling me you need to do more on Instagram, you need to do more on TikTok and LinkedIn and whatever. I'm like, nope, I'm going to, I'm going to stay focused on this. It doesn't mean I don't have other places I show up. Um, but it wasn't until my Facebook group was running like a well-oiled machine that I started my podcast, right. Or that I started diving a little bit more into Instagram. My Facebook group is my hub. It will continue to be my hub. And that's why it's been so successful because I wasn't trying to, you know, create my hub on all of these other different platforms. Yeah. I love that you pointed that out again. Um, because you said that in the beginning too, one offer, one platform, mm -hmm. uh, one message and, 
I love that because one of the, one of the things that I hear people is like when TikTok came, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm still trying to figure out TikTok or now I'm trying to get in clubhouse. And oh, clubhouse was clubhouse show that like <laughs> it showed oh it, it, it was FOMO all the way. Right. It was clubhouse. Yes. <laughs> and you know, and I, 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 um, I got on clubhouse. I created a, you know, I created a, a thing and I did a, I was invited to somebody else's, you know, where they do the, um, I can't think of what it's called, but where you come. And I was like a speaker, basically. I was like a, one of the coaches on the panel, like a panel and it was super fun. And I loved it. I thought it was so fun. And so I was like, Oh, I'm going to do more of this. But in reality, I'm like, I can, I can only put my time. If I'm invited mm-hmm. there, I will show up. But for me to organize that and to have a whole nother platform, um, it was just too much. And it's interesting so I actually had a Facebook group and, uh, and you, you talk about this. I saw on your Instagram, the engagement engagement does not equal clients. And that caught my attention because one of the frustrating things for me and my Facebook group was it was, I had great engagement. And then when they changed the Facebook algorithm, all of a sudden it was like crickets. And I was super frustrated because I'm a relationship person as well. And so it was like, I feel like I'm just like putting this content out here and like, nobody's even seeing it. And so I actually ended up switching, um, to mighty networks. And so I don't have my Facebook group anymore, but I went more heavy on Instagram and building relationships through like voice messaging on Instagram. And I love it. I absolutely love it. And I love my group. And so, but I love that you pointed out is like, not, not everything's going to work for every single person. You have to find what works for you and focus on like that one thing instead of trying to spread yourself. I have people that ask me all the time, you're not, are you on LinkedIn? And I'm like, yes, I'm on LinkedIn, but like, that is not where my clients are. I'm not going to spend my time and energy in there. And I just, I don't like that platform. <laughs> to be oh, quite totally. totally. Wrong with it. It's just not the platform for right, me. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, and I think like the thing that has helped me as a busy mom running a business has been being purposeful and don't get me wrong. Like I've got a lot of room to grow in this area. I think we all do, but being really purposeful and intentional with the things that I do, I say no to a lot of stuff, right? I don't do a lot of things and I stay really, really intentional about how I market myself and less is more hands down. Less is more. Um, I, that's a message that I'm going to be preaching a lot more of because I just feel like simplicity is missing. Mm-hmm. for so many people. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. Um, and you know, when I first became an entrepreneur, I was trying to do all the platforms and, oh my gosh, everybody says, you know, you have to be posting six days a week and, da, da, da. and it's like, no, there's like, you can be successful on those platforms in lots of different ways. And you don't have to do it like somebody else says to do it. Yeah. If it's, uh, if the sentence starts out with, I should, or everybody says, just know you, you probably shouldn't do any, anything that's in that, a sentence that starts out like that. Yes. <laughs> stop, stop shooting on yourself. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. I love that term. Um, okay. So as we wrap up here, um, I just want to ask a couple other questions. Um, this is obviously a faith-based podcast. So I would just uh-huh. love to know, like, how has your faith, your faith in God integrated into, um, your business and, and not necessarily your business, but how has it helped you to kind of overcome some of the fears and the mindsets and how has that been integral in your business and your life? Oh gosh, it's been everything. I mean, it's the number one thing. Um, I think that it's given me, I mean, it's given me purpose, right? I think that it's also, um, given me a lot of peace, in my business. Um, I could do better with that, but I think that, you know, when unexpected things happen, whether it's in, in business and family with the kids or in the world, like I know that ultimately 
there is someone in control, right? And that things aren't being left up to chance. That brings me a lot of peace. And I think having more peace in our businesses is so important in making good, good sound decisions. Um, I also just feel like everything that comes from my business I mean, it comes from God, right? He has given me all of the gifts in my business. I mean, he has blessed me beyond measure. And so knowing that it ultimately comes from him and that he will direct my path allows me to avoid, in some cases, going down rabbit holes where it's sort of like you're frantic and you're operating kind of from that like desperate energy. And so that's been a big part of, you know, my journey. And and I probably don't even talk about it as much as I should, but, um, Yeah. I mean, I feel like everything comes from him and I'm allowed to like rest easy and knowing that he's in control. And I think too, like, it's so easy to get your identity, um, you know, wrapped up in like being a mom and being a business owner. And so if something happens in business, it impacts your entire identity and how you see yourself. But as a Christian mom, I have a greater identity, right? Like my identity comes from um, you know, comes from God comes from being, you know, a daughter of Christ. And so for me, I think that also gives me a lot of peace and allows me to kind of like detach my identity from the success of my business or even the success of like my kids, right. And like, whether they do the things that I want them to do on a given day. And that has been really helpful too. It's not always an easy process. It's not always a natural process, but that's how, um, my faith has, has played a role in all of that. Mm, so good. Um, I was going to, I, cause I saw one of your Instagram posts that was talking about, at, or maybe it was a podcast episode, but as you are scaling to seven figures and letting go of some control. Oh yeah. Yeah. Talk us through that. Um, like where are you at with that? What, what kind of brought (laughs) on that podcast episode? Yeah. You know, it's been an interesting year for me. It's been a year, a different year, a year where I've had to slow down because as great as last year was like how I made my money was not sustainable, like being a mom of three. And so Um, for me, like having to slow down this year and let go of some of the things that I did before, like even just an example would be one-on-one coaching. I still do one-on-one coaching, but I used to have, you know, 10 plus one-on-one coaching clients. Now I have four and I'm really shifting into going all in on my group coaching program. Um, and so for me, like making decisions from a place of this is how I want to make seven figures versus making decisions from a place of, I just want like a quick injection of cash, right? Like I'm just focused on the money. Um, I've had to really separate myself from that and look at like, how do I want my life to look? How do I want my life with the kids to look? How do I want my business to look and making decisions from that place and from that place of faith versus fear? Mm, Yeah. So, so good. Uh, okay. So if you had one piece of advice, that you wanted to give a mompreneur who is either starting a business or maybe trying to scale a business, what would that be? Oh gosh. I would say just like, let it be easy, right? Like embrace things being easy. Like don't make them harder than they have to be. Um, I think that's a big thing that comes to mind. I also think just give yourself grace, go easy on yourself, right? Like you're doing something that many moms want to do and never actually do. Like they never actually take that leap of faith to start a business. 
And so recognizing that it's not about the journey being easy. It's not about you spending like every day, like a certain amount of time on your business and a certain amount of time with the kids. Like it's not going to look like, like that, right. It's not going to be like with a neat bow on top. It's going to be messy and that's okay. It, It can be messy and your kids be more than fine and feel loved. It can be messy and your business still be successful. And so I guess embrace the mess and go easy on yourself. This may be the, the overarching thing that I would say to the, to the women listening. Mm, Embrace the mess. I love that. Yeah. And I think, you know, we, like I'm a recovering perfectionist. I don't even know if I can say, (laughs) (laughs) you know, we, we have this vision for how we want things to go. And it's, it's those expectations that we have on ourselves or how that it leaves us defeated and feeling like, you know, if we didn't meet those expectations, whatever it is as a mom, as a wife, as a business owner, um, you know, <laughs> and it, it, yeah, it doesn't have a bow on it. It can be messy. No, you've got to lower those expectations. I did an entire podcast episode about how the biggest struggle we have isn't with the outcome. It's with the expectations. Like did that align with what we expected? And so lowering my expectations has always led to more surprises. Mm, So good. Lowering my expectations has always led to more surprises. You know, it's interesting to kind of think about that because it's like, what lower my expectations? (laughs) Like a foreign Um, concept, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I think even like I, I struggled early on in motherhood and honestly, it was because of the expectation of how of what I thought motherhood was going to look like or the type of, oh, yeah. yep. or should yell at my kids or yep. you know, my kids are going to be, you know, all neat and clean all the time or whatever it is. Um, and, and I think it brings a lot of heartache and hardship that isn't necessary. So, um, such a good point. Um, Michelle, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? Uh, tell us what's the name of your podcast and I'll put all those, um, links in the show notes as well. Absolutely. So the best place to connect with me is inside of my Facebook group. There are, as I mentioned, 6,300 plus women in there. Many of them moms, most of them I'll say, um, are definitely moms running businesses who are facing the same things. And I love talking about this stuff. I love, you know, having kind of that safe place carved out for us to be able to support one another. The Facebook group is called market like a boss, as is the podcast. So, um, that's where you can find, you know, more information. I definitely pull back the curtain a lot on my business. I'm very honest and transparent about how I run a business and be, you know, how I'm a mom and, and how I handle all of those things. Not always very well, but how I (laughs) handle them. Um, so if you want more of that, definitely check out the, the Facebook group and podcast market, like a boss. Very cool. Thank you so much, Michelle, for being here today. I know um, the women listening are going to get so much out of that. And I just appreciate your vulnerability and your honesty to help a fellow mompreneur. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you so much for joining today's episode. I'm so thankful to have you here. And I just want you to know that God did not give you the gifts and the passions and the desires in your heart for you to feel overwhelmed and stressed, for you to be grumpy with your kids. We've all been there. I have been there. But I want you to know that God has equipped you with the ability to work from rest instead of stress for the ability to find balance. And it's not about perfection. 
and it looks different for everyone. And I want to help you get there. I want to invite you into my free Heartfelt Mamas community, a space where we grow together in business, faith, and motherhood. And if you are looking for a little extra accountability, join us in the Mompreneur membership where we meet three times a month. For more information, you can follow me at Heartfelt Mamas on Instagram or Facebook. You can go to my website at Heartfelt Mamas. That's H-E-A-R-T-F-E-L-T-M-A-M-A-S dot com slash community. I can't wait to chat with you next week.